This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem. Joined today, it's just me and my boy, my, my sidekick, Kevin, rolling solo today. Um, Savannah, unfortunately, is out. You will still get her picks for this weekend. Big show today. We got a quarterback getting mono. Team USA screwing up. What a surprise. And we have a good six-pack for y'all. So, Kev, let's get rock and rolling. All right. All right, first off, Team USA lost to France last night in the quarterfinals. Or it might have been yesterday morning. I can't remember. It was one of the two. Either way, Team USA and their misfit roster of 2K B-plus players, besides Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, lost to France. Tatum, of course, has been injured since the Turkey game. So now they're out. Lost to Serbia. Lost to Serbia. Lost to Serbia. I thought they lost to France. I don't know. Today they lost. Oh, no, never mind. That was the consolation game. Sorry. Atta girl. Basically, I'm not really surprised about this. It's more or less the fact that they just didn't have enough firepower. And Mike Greeny, usually I don't agree with the ESPN like guys like him the most because, you know, Greeny annoys me. I was like, go look better. But Greeny had a good point. This is not on the guys who played because these guys gave it their all. But basically – it's on the guys who could have played but decided decided not to. And I hate that whole, like, oh, they don't want to hurt their careers. Take care of yourself. The Paul George injury is a freak injury. I guarantee in the next 10 years that's not going to happen for Team USA basketball. Maybe in 10 years it might happen again. But it was like a once – that injury happened with PG like three years ago. And happened with Kevin Ware in the NCAA tournament like seven years ago. But before that, it hadn't been hadn't happened in years. So basically, people are freaking the hell out about this. All these players, it's on. It's, the the shame is on the players who didn't play. Because Tatum, Walker, Mitchell, Turner, these guys actually gave it their all, and they played their tails off, and they didn't have enough firepower to win. And that's on the players who didn't play. That's the way I look at it. I think this is also just a bad sign for USA basketball. For the last, they won, what, 81 straight games in international competition, and they were winning with stars, without some stars, just a bunch of B players at points, and they could still win games relatively easily, which is good young players. They can't do that anymore, so it shows the rest of the world is catching up, and USA dominance in basketball is over. I think they'll still win. But it's not going to be as convincingly, and they're going to start losing more now. All I know is now, hopefully you got guys like guys developing superstars like Zion who are going to be like, crap, I'll play. Me and John Morant will team up. We'll do this. 
this has got to happen. It's got to be the younger generation because LeBron, Harden's generation is just screwing over everyone over right now. I I mean I understand why Anthony Davis didn't play because basically he could flick his knee and he'll tear an ACL. So that's just how it is. But did it Carmelo, is disappointing though. Did Carmelo not get invited? Yeah, they wouldn't even let him on the team. If I was Carmelo, I would have been begging to be on that team. Are you kidding me? He did he did beg to be on the team? Should have begged harder. He probably would have won won some games for them. Or call up like LeBron or Chris Hall and be like, hey, I want to get back in the league. This is the best way to do it. Can you please tell them you'll join the team if I'm also on the team? Yeah, no. It's kind of it's just not a good situation. Next up, we go to the NFL. Uh Sam Darnold missing Monday night's game for the most interesting re- injury I have heard in a while. I said I, t- I texted you and Savannah and Mark this before. I said, this is nominee for weirdest injury of the year. He's missing it because of mono. And Barstool appropriately put up a, a, a video of Camila Caballo and Sam Mendez making out like slobby, slobbery teenagers, which was just, oh, but I mean, Camila Caballo, very attractive, but I need to see that. But. Dude, I, I don't even know what to – I want to start making jokes like Sam's got to get used to this New York fame a little better or something like that. But I just feel bad for the kid. Like the memes about this are just terrible. I mean you feel bad, but he was the third overall pick. He's going to be the Jets poster child for the next decade. We should be glad that it's only mono. That's true, and it's not you know something else. Sorry. Yeah, something way worse. I think Mono's probably that, best case scenario. That's the bull of the belt, kind of. Yeah, the only issue with Mono is he's expected to be out three to four weeks while he recovers. It was something else. Give him a shot of penicillin and he's out on the field Sunday. <laughs> so messed up. True. See, my favorite Jet is always my boy Jamal Adams because he's part of the lovable losers defense. Shout out. Because um, he's one kept... of the easier players to trade for in Madden. How did you know about that? <laughs> because I mess around in Madden franchise all the time, and I look up who are easy players to trade for. So I'm not the only one who does that then. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but I don't do it in leagues with other people. I do it by myself. Oh, eat it. I needed a safety, and it was either him or – and the other guy I wanted was Derwin James, but Sora kind of jumped on that bandwagon. So there we go. All I'm saying is this is going to be hilarious, and – Who's the backup for the Jets? Oh, jeez. I have no idea. <laughs> because like I was gonna put like the Jets and Jets and Browns in my in our six pack today. I was like, wait a minute. The Jets don't have Darno. Who the hell's their starting quarterback? Trevor Simeon. Oh my god, this is gonna be an amazing game. The man, the myth, the legend. The man who uh, the man who destroyed um, Paxton Lynch's career. Hey, I mean, Trevor Simeon, over his career, 30 touchdown passes, only 24 interceptions. Only 24. That's an improvement over some quarterbacks the Jets have wheeled out there. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Oh, my God. I mean, then again, I threw that many picks of Carson Wentz in my franchise last year. But then again, I did throw 64 touchdown passes. Yeah, I'm going to let you know right now, Jared, no one listening cares about our Madden League. I know. It's funny, though. 
Um, last but not least, we got to talk Christian Yelich. Out at least six weeks with a fractured kneecap. This puts a, essentially a staple. You you said to me before the show, you're like, but he could be back by the World Series. I'm like, Kev, they're not going to make it to the World Series without Yelich. Hey, there have been weirder things that have happened in sports. I know. My Diamondbacks won in 0-1. Actually, no, that team was loaded. But I, I, I keep going back and looking, and I'm like, oh, wait, that team was loaded. No wonder they won. But, you know, you had the Royals win the World Series three years ago. Um, Your Red Sox won with basically no pitching. <laughs> you don't need to be able to pitch if you can just hit more home runs than everyone. Isn't that the George Steinbrenner way of thinking? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I, I think that's the most, like, Horrible things that his rival franchise, when he's dead, does takes his formula and runs with it. Um, or most honorable. I can't figure it out. But, yeah, no, Yelich, it sucks because he basically had the NL MVP in the bag. And he still might win it. That's the most hilarious part. He still got – Vegas odds still have him, I think, it was like fourth or fifth in the race. Like, he still got a shot, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, I mean – He's a hell of a player. Dude, he, that just shows that's, how good he was. That It's like he's out for the last, like, four weeks of the season, and he still has a shot at winning the MVP. I love it. It's I, like Carson Wentz a few years ago. Listen, yeah, yeah he no. He missed but, the last couple games, but he was so good the rest of them. People were still like, if he gets the MVP, it, I wouldn't be mad. It was him, Gurley, and Brady were up for it. But basically, Brady won because Brady was there. Hmm. Carson was basically on crutches until the a- NFC title game. So, freaking Mark Barron. Oh, yeah. It's okay. You The Eagles won the Super Bowl that year. So I know. Well, also, the second I saw, I was like, the Super Bowl MV- the MVP of the league has never won the Super Bowl after he's won the, the, the uh, or he's, he's like one in like eight or whatever when they've gone to the Super Bowl or something like that. Some stupid um, stat. I'm like, oh, we have a shot. There we go. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it just sucks for Yelich because basically he was having, like, this inhumane season. But it was so weird. Like, there was that point where, like, oh, is he going to hit 70-something home runs? And then he, like, cooled off and did hit a dinger for, like, three weeks. I was like, oh, my God, he's not going to hit another one. And then, you know, he got up to, like, 44, 45. And then we got Soler out of Kansas City who's up in the home run race. He just hit his 44th this morning. So uh, I love the fact that Major League Baseball has so many home runs now. I mean, I had to watch the Mets hit about five off my Diamondbacks last night. And I I got into a Twitter argument with some nutsack from the Arizona Sun Devils fan page. And I'm like, you jackass, leave me alone. I'm allowed to be pissed. I get to, pay, I get to go to one D-backs game a year and they throw this. I don't think the D-backs actually show up to the ballpark. I think those are all doppelgangers. But basically, yeah, no, it was awful. Game or just no, everyone decided they don't want to play for the D-backs, so they're all replacement players. Yeah, no, basically, like, you know what's going to be funny? Watch the D-back go on another, like, 12-game win streak. And I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I, I literally compared the performance last night to watching the last two episodes of Game of Thrones. No, it couldn't have been that bad. Oh, my God. It was awful. Dude, it was – and the worst part was I had, like, obnoxious, rich New York fans next to me. And, like, they were, like – sitting. one, they were sitting in our seats, and we had to tell them to move down. They were, like, shooting me nasty looks. And then – the, the second worst part was when I yelled shit like Tim LaCastro basically could have stopped that run in the first that, that like five, that five or anything he could have stopped it at one run. There was a ball drive and I think it was one of their one of their better hitters. It might have been um, 
I can't. I don't even give a fuck. Half the Mets players are replaceable within two days. One of their guys hit a ball uh, like a loop, a dropper, like a little teardrop in the left field. LeCastro basically could have run this ball down or dove for it with ease and basically pulls up in a two-run score. And I'm like, yeah, we're fucked. Game's over. I knew instantly. I'm like, you know what? If he's going to make plays like that, we're done. I yelled after he struck out looking with the bases loaded. I'm like, put in Dyson. This sack of crap sucks. I yelled that in front of my grandmother and her boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, I feel like it's a loser right now. A complete degen. But, uh, yeah. I mean, no. I get why he didn't dive, though. You don't want to, if you don't think you can get it, you don't want to dive, have it get behind you, and give up more it, runs. It wasn't like a risky dive, though. Like, basically, he'd be half diving and leaning over to catch the ball. It was that. Oh, yeah, then. Yeah. I was just like, and then Kevin Cron, one of our good young players, struck out with the bases. No, grounding a double play with the bases loaded. I'm like, you idiot. Uh, it was it was annoying. Nine nothing, and they lost like ten to eleven to one today or something like that. It was ridiculous. I'm like, just get us out of New York. But anyway, uh, before we get into Thursday night football preview, last week we did our picks, and um, as lame as it sounds, all of your favorite hosts went ten, five and one. We all won ten games, lost five, and we all picked somebody on and just because we don't know what's a what's a score a um a tie so we all count as a tie basically so we're all tied at 10 5 and 1 to start the season by the way uh the three of us at the end of the year the winner will get some sort of prize we'll figure it out i don't know we'll figure out probably hopefully about week 10 or 12 Last year, I, I I beat Mark so badly that it wasn't even fair. I didn't even try to put in a, a, a guess at that point. But Thursday Night Football tonight, Panthers and Bucks. I think Jameis Winston is going to try to put on his Buccaneers on his Panthers jersey at one point. He's basically <laughs> two pick sixes last week, and. Uh, I can't, man. I really can't with Jameis Winston. Like, everyone's like, oh, he's so good. I'm like, nah, bro. He's absolute trash. Oh, he's terrible. It, It's a comedy show whenever he goes out to play football. The Buccaneers were only good last year when they had Fitzpatrick playing. And that just shows how bad Winston is that you need Ryan Fitzpatrick to oh. prove that your team is good. Also, how good Ryan Fitzpatrick is the first, like, four weeks of the season. I know. So basically, if you put out like Blake Bortles, they'd probably win like six or seven games, not like three, like they would with Winston. Oh yeah, big time. He's terrible, and I can't wait to watch it. Okay, I'm gonna put a point out there before we go into this preview this game more. Can we just if Winston gets benched at some point during the season? Because Arians will do that. Is he considered up there with like the biggest busts of all time with like um, Russell, Ryan Leaf, stuff like that? Um, that I'm not sure because like how many years Ryan Leaf only lasted a season and a half. True. Jamarcus Russell lasted a full contract. Jameis Winston's a Pro Bowler. Okay, the Pro Bowl now is a fucking joke, and you know. Oh, I'm not saying that in defense of Jameis Winston as a quarterback. I'm just saying he's not going to be in that same conversation. Solely because he's a Pro Bowler. I think Jamarcus Russell had like a 21 touchdown season or something like that. Like he was a, a borderline Pro Bowler. I think it was like his second year. I don't remember. He had like one decent season. I don't remember. It, it, 
It doesn't in really 2016, matter. In 2016, Jameis Winston had 28 touchdowns. Oh, my God. And what was the Buccaneers' record? I don't know, but still. Like, yeah, exactly. They have, like, the last time the Buccaneers were actually relevant, I think Josh Freeman was their quarterback. And then the last time the Bucks were relevant, John Gruden was their coach. I know. The last time John, John Gruden was their coach, they blew a 10, a 17 nothing lead to the Raiders, and the Eagles ended up squeaking into the playoffs at 9-6-1 and then almost ended up going to the Super Bowl against the Steelers. That was that Larry Fitz, Kurt Warner year. But also, Gruden won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, so. Yeah, but that was Tony Junji's team, let's be honest. Still won a Super Bowl. Super Bowl, I mean, listen, you still got to coach the game. I will give John Gruden that. All righty. Tonight, I, you know what's so funny to me? I was, talk, I was listening to Cowherd on the way back, and he was listening to yesterday's show, and basically he was talking about how the Panthers are basically doing to Cam Newton what the Vikings are doing to Kirk Cousins about, like, you know, throwing the ball 15 times max and basically running the football and giving the ball to McCaffrey as much as possible. Now, I have no problem with that for the simple reason that McCaffrey is a top five, top seven running back max and basically can run that offense through him, through screens, handoffs, whatever. And... Yeah, Newton can still throw the ball occasionally, but basically, I'm all for using for using McCaffrey like this. As long as the guy doesn't start breaking down, is I don't even know who the I don't even know who the backup running back is in Carolina, which is terrible. Yeah, I don't either, but that's because McCaffrey just is good enough and doesn't really get injured. I know. It, it it's just he's such a good running back. I. And, this is the problem. Like, I almost want to pose a question. Like, could they possibly like throw Will Greer in there at one point if Newton starts screwing up? Well, they probably Will Greer is third on their depth chart right now, which is just stupid because that kid is so talented. Yeah, but I mean, they have the A and M great Kyle Allen as the backup. So, oh my god. Which is the one that tried to, like, like do the Johnny Man- – who was the one who came after Johnny Menzel? Do you remember? Um, Kyle Allen. That was him? Well, it was Kyle Allen and uh, Kenny Hill. They competed right after Oh, Manziel. yeah, Kenny Trill. <laughs> yeah, and then they both transferred. Where did Kenny Hill transfer to? TCU. Yeah, let's see how that career went. Um, um, he was a practice squad member on the Raiders, or an off-season member of the Raiders, and then an off-season and/or practice squad member of the Montreal Alouettes. That's trail, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, that's cracking me up, man. I swear to, God. <laughs> I can't, man. After that, I was like, yo, this kid is gonna have a horrible NFL career. But yeah, no, Cav, do you really think there's any chance the Buccaneers even have a shot here? They looked awful on Thursday. Yeah, no, there is zero chance. I hope that the Panthers are up by 50 and we get to see Christian McCaffrey take some reps at quarterback. Dude, I want to see Will Greer get some reps at quarterback. I don't, I, I don't even think they can make him active. But um, yeah, yeah, Bucks are going to probably lose by at least 30 tonight. The, they're probably one of the worst teams I've ever seen. 
I was like, we got a great team. Well, yeah, we have a couple Bucks fans that work with us here at Belly Up, and they're just, like, so delusional. And I'm like, you guys are freaking – I don't care if, like, Vince Lombardi is coaching y'all. That team is garbage. So, Bucks is one, are one of the worst teams you've ever seen? Top or, ten, maybe. Okay. For that, at least it's the worst team you've ever seen. It's a very good team. Worst. So, like, they, the Bucks, I think, are my odds-on favorite to get the number one overall pick. God, I hope not. Oh, my God. Well, I don't want to see it. Tua waste his career in Tampa. Oh, my God. Yo, but, hey, with Bruce Arians, though? I don't want to see Tua waste his career in Tampa. <laughs> yo, that's true. Yo, everyone's like, yo, Tampa won a Super Bowl in 2002. I'm like, yeah, but they've been cheeks ever since. Yeah. Yeah, like, everyone's, like, giving the Browns crap. I'm like, yeah, but the Browns actually have some hope in that organization. So, the J- Jacksonville actually made the AFC title game. Like, Tampa is just that team that's just, like, depressing. Like, yeah, it's like they won one lucky Super Bowl. They had one, like, it was, like, the perfect compilation. They had a dominant player from Florida FSU and Miami and then John Lynch in the background. They basically, the Florida trifecta on their defense with, it was Simeon Rice, uh, who was their linebacker, Brooks? Yeah. And then they had uh, Vince Wilfork, and then they had Lynch in the back end, and they had Rondé Barber. So basically, you had Wilfork from Miami, uh, Rice from Florida, and then you had uh, Derek Brooks from FSU. Wait, I thought from Miami? Uh, uh, Wilfork. Oh, no, no Wilf- Warren uh, Sapp. Warren Sapp, sorry. I get too confused sometimes. Wilfork wasn't even in the league yet. Yeah, Wilfork was on the 2001 team. My yeah, brain. Wilfork was drafted in 04. Yeah. And, by the way, um, who was the guy who got in all that trouble with the Miami sanctions? Oh, God, I can't remember his name right now. That was his agent, by the way. That was Wolfhard's agent. Oh, yeah. For, like, two years. But, yeah, no. So, yeah, that the defense was just – that team was just disgusting. Brad Johnson won their Super Bowl. Let's be, let's be real here for a second. All right. I would crack open a six-pack, but I'm already two beers down, so let's rock and roll here. Um, first up on the list, we have Minnesota at Green Bay, and I know Savannah is going to be kicking herself that we didn't talk about Green Bay, that she was here to talk about Green Bay, but I got Minnesota. I, I, I just – well, this is weird, though, because Minnesota could not – did not throw the ball at all. So the question is, if Green Bay can force Minnesota to throw the ball, I have Green Bay. But if Minnesota can get the ground game going with Cook, I got I got Minnesota. It all comes down to that, though, to me at least. I have Minnesota either way. I think I think Kirk Cousins kind of got a raw deal. Yes, he he got a great contract for him, and it looks horrible for the Vikings. But it's not a system he can do well in. And in this offseason, if they realize that and tried to rework their passing attack, I think it doesn't matter if they have to throw it or run it. I think they'll do fine either way. I think it'll be tough to win at Lambeau, but the Packers put up 10 points last week. The Vikings also have a good defense. They, 10 points isn't enough to beat the Vikings. But you also rose as against the Bears. Yes, I think the Bears have a better defense, but I think the Vikings still have a very good defense. So you're saying that Max will put up like 17-20 next week? Yeah, All which right. I'm still not convinced is enough to beat the Vikings. All right, fair enough. So, you know what? I'm going to begrudgingly take Minnesota, but I could see a situation where Green Bay wins. 
All right, next. Yeah, like, I'm not 100% like Vikings put your mortgage on it, but I think the Vikings are going to win. Now, this is the game that got interesting to me because everyone's – this is like that, like, you know, that upset alert of the week. Like, like this game is going to be more interesting than people think. Oakland and Kansas City. Oakland can score, and Kansas City can't stop anybody. They can rush the passer. That's about it. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think Kansas City is still going to win, but it's going to be like 20. It's going to be like 31-35 Kansas City wins. And Derek Carr is going to like throw a Hail Mary, and it's going to get knocked down in like the last play of the game kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout. But any shootout, give me Patrick Mahomes in that offense. It's pretty simple. Do you know what the over is for this game? I'm going to look it up. You literally were, were on the same page here. I literally was looking this up right now. The over is 53 and a half. Hammering. Dude, that is like, yo, seriously, take the over. It's going to be at least 60. You know how I said I wouldn't put your mortgage on the Vikings? This, I'm saying, take out a second, third, and fourth mortgage on your house and put it on the over. Watch, it's like 20 to 7 is the final. I think it's either going to be like 42 to 30 something, or it's going to be like 65 to nothing. I love your confidence. <laughs> Good thing I don't own a house to put a mortgage on. All right, there you go. Oh, my God. All right, so our next up is the America's Game of the Week. The Saints at Rams. Rematch of the infamous pass interference gate. I love that it's not New Orleans. One. Two. I love that those Saints are coming off of a really close win where basically the, the Texans gave that win away to them. And three. I have the Rams in this game by at least two touchdowns. I just think the Rams are such a more complete team. I think the, I think the Saints literally took advantage of the fact that Romeo Cromel for, forgot that his safeties had to play up on Drew Brees. Yeah, if this was at the Superdome, I think it would be different. It'd be like right now the line is the Rams minus two. I'll take that all day. <laughs> yeah, I think being on the road outside, Drew Brees is a completely different quarterback on the road, not in a dome specifically. And I think the whole team just has this different energy to it when they're away from New Orleans. And that energy is not a good energy. Yeah. I think the Rams are easily going to win this. I do too. I, just, I like, you know what? <laughs> I was looking in the stands on the Maya football broadcast. I saw like half the fans were in ref uniforms. I'm like, get the hell over it. Y'all weren't going to beat the Patriots. Just Stop. <laughs> It wouldn't have mattered. Just one more disappointment. I just go back, shut up, play your sex season. Well, no, but if they lost to the Patriots, they would have found something else to complain about. Exactly. So, yeah. I was eating chickpea puffs. And as I try to awkwardly fill the open air. Hmm. So, yeah, Rams going to win. Oh, yeah. Next up, Pitt in Seattle. I think the Steelers are going to win. 
Really? I think both teams struggled last week. The Steelers struggled a lot more, but also struggled against a better team. I still think the Bengals are going 1-15, and Seahawks, the Seahawks almost gave them that one win very early in the season. So I, But I think the Steelers at Heinz Field, not playing the Patriots after they released another banner or unveiled another banner, I think it's going to give them a boost. I think their offense is still a very good offense. And the Seahawks gave up 20 points, I think, to the Bengals last week. Uh-huh. The Steelers can put much more, put up many more, a lot more points is what I'm trying to say, on that Seahawks defense if they don't figure it out. So... I was on that train until I heard an interview with Peter King the other day. He was talking about watching the game, and he goes, you know what's so funny? In the two games that Antonio Brown has not been on the Steelers, last year against the Bengals and this year on the uh, against the Patriots, they could not move the ball against Cincinnati. And that Cincinnati defense last year was the worst defense in the NFL. I don't think it's just the Patriots is the problem. I think they don't know how to move the ball without Antonio Brown. Because even if they're not throwing the ball to him, he takes two players out of the play. Takes at least one corner of safety. And, like, Moncrief's dropping passes. James Washington's running out of bounds instead of finishing the finishing the reception. Juju's getting taken out of the game by a number one corner. True number one receivers don't get taken out of the games by corners. Ask DeAndre Hopkins when he still had, like, eight catches against Jalen Ramsey, the best man-on-man corner in the league. I just – I think I, – I got Seattle. I think Cincinnati is a lot better than we thought they were because basically John Ross is a monster. He just took a year and a half to get himself there. Um I'm not saying monster, but also the Bengals, I think, are going to be not as bad. I, I don't know if the Seattle defense is going to be as good as we thought they were going to be, but I know their offense can move the ball. I think that's the difference. I got Seattle by probably 10 points here. All right. This is uh, where we need Savannah to break the tie. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Tennessee and Indianapolis, this one is weird to me. Because you have Tennessee who just laid a whooping on Cleveland. And then you have Indy who put up a really good fight against the team that's supposed to be contending for Super Bowl in the LA Chargers. I actually pronounced that right for once and call them San Diego. Proud of you. Thank you. So basically, I this game, I what's the line? I just saw the line. It actually wasn't that bad. It was um It was uh, Titans minus three. It's going to be low scoring. I think that the Titans defense is legit. I love your boy Derrick Henry. He's one of my favorite running backs in the league, and I'm still pissed you took him in our Madden League. I didn't take him. I traded for him. I know, because I was going to use him and Fernet as a one-two punch. Just imagine how many broken tackles I'd rack up. Dude, you weren't going to get him. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm too cheap of a bastard during during the season. Anyway, I think Mariota, now that Matt LaFleur is gone, dun, 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 basically is a better quarterback. Dun, dun, dun. And I love 
this I love this Titans team. I think they have a shot at the South. I think they're gonna, or at least like a, like a, the last wild card spot. They'll be up there with San Diego and New York Jets and possibly the Bills just duking it out for the last spot. There's gonna be like six teams who are gonna be in wild card contention with like two weeks left. I guarantee it. But I like the Titans this one. I just think the Brissett's gonna run into a little trouble with the Titans defense because that pass rush is ridiculous. I mean, then again though, we don't really know because the Browns' offensive line is awful, but I don't know. I just the Titans just feel like a right pick to me here. I am gonna go with Colts. Wow, surprise! I think Marcus Mariota had a career game last week. That was probably the best game of his career, and it also, based on the rest of his career, has looked might be the best game his career will ever have. He threw for, what, 283 yards and three touchdowns, you know what's, I think? You know what's horrible? That's like an average at the park for, like, a Wentz, Brady, Rogers, Breeze. Um, yeah, that's what that's I mean. Lock, that's really bad. That, yeah, that's for 248 yards. Sorry, those 10 extra yards make a big difference. But I think he's going to go back to kind of the quarterback he is. And I think Jacoby Brissett, yes, we also know who he is, but he's a pretty serviceable quarterback. I if my quarterback was out, I'd like to have him. He, he's in that, like, winning games game manager. Like that, he's the very bottom of the Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton bracket. Yeah, I think I think he'll have another okay game. And I think if Marlon Mack somehow can repeat what he did last week, it's Colts' easy pick. I sat Marlon Mack in two of my leagues last week. Yikes. Yeah. It's okay. I still won two of them because I beat because Hopkins went off and then uh, Deshaun Jackson went off. So I sat Deshaun Jackson in one of my leagues. <laughs> Ouch. Rip All me. right. Speaking of DJX, good transition. Um, Philly at Atlanta, the Sunday night game. The line is one and a half point. Oh, my, Philly minus one and a half. I will take that to the goddamn bank with me. I will bet my college debt on that. <laughs> Eleven and a half k if anyone wants to contribute. <laughs> you have less than me. You went to you had a full ride. Yeah, I had to pay for housing. Oh my god, I just have like a year's left. I have even, I have like a semester's left of tuition. That's it. Well, I haven't started paying it yet, so yeah, I I have because I delayed it for a year. Uh, basically, I look at this. I, I just you know what I I I I don't know like what if Atlanta what to do here. Because their their schedule's not e- getting easier. They're playing a probably better or co- close to similar team to Minnesota and Philadelphia. Yes, Philadelphia is not going to run the ball as much as Minnesota does. Basically, their best player is not the running back; it's the quarterback. And then you have two explo- to a big physical, and then an explosive receiver, a top two tight ends, top five, top ten slot receiver, and then you have a like a four horsemen running back kind of thing between Sproles, Clement, and Sanders and Howard. So basically, like, I don't know. I, I just, I can't, it's not even fan bias here. I just don't see Philadelphia losing this game. It, yes, it's in Atlanta. So that's why I think the line's one and a half. It's like three or four, but basically, like, yes, that dome is worth one and a half, but are the Falcons going to put up numbers? They've lost the last two games they played to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know what to tell you here. I wanted to pick the Falcons. I really did. So badly. 
Just to piss me off. Well, also, I like the Falcons. Because they gave you guys Super Bowl number five? Uh, no, I also like Julio Jones. I like Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones, American hero. Yeah, I like them both. Alabama guys. But I couldn't do it. I think if the Falcons are going to win, they're going to need to do a couple things. They need to get all of their skill players going. They didn't do that last week. They started slow, and it hurt them as the game went on. And then, on top of that, they need to stop Deshaun Jackson. They can't stop Deshaun Jackson. There are minimal defenses in the league who can stop Deshaun Jackson. If what he did last week is going to become a average to slightly above average game for him. The Falcons don't have the defense to do it. And also, here's the thing. That's one of the four weapons in the passing game. Five, counter state on my side. Like, Ertz didn't do jack against the Redskins. And it was just because Wentz was Wentz was like, oh, crap, Jeffrey's open. Oh, crap, Jackson's open. Oh, crap, even Aguilar's open. Like, it, he just had time to throw the football. And that was in one half a play because basically the only reason the Redskins had a 17-0 lead was basically because Wentz and half that offense didn't even play the entire preseason. Yeah, and I think that's not going to be an issue. They got the rust off in the second half. Yeah, exactly. So it's either going to – it's gonna, it either could be like a 35-31 shootout or it's going to be Philadelphia just absolutely drop-kicking Washington uh, Atlanta through the door. I think it's more likely to be a shootout, but I could see a 40 to like 31 game or something like that. Yeah, high scoring, not necessarily a shootout though. I can see that. Yeah, I mean it's gonna. There's the always bet the over in this game. Honestly, you saying hammer it? Uh, I wouldn't say hammer. It's it's not like the Kansas City Oakland game, but I would just I like, would like tap it with your hand. Yeah, like get a solid putt in there. Like it, it's gonna be the problem is like. M- Philly's defense is close to uh, Minnesota's. Like, our corners are a little – are not as good, but they're faster. Our safeties are better, and our passers are better, but their linebackers are better. So it's kind of like a give or take. Like, the Eagles have a clearly better passers than Minnesota, but our corners are not as good, but they're faster. So they'll be able to like, – like, Mills, uh, Mills and Maddox could easily keep up with Julio and uh, Ridley. That's not what I'm worried about, the fact that they're both big physical guys. Yeah. But Minnesota's linebacking core is better, but Philadelphia has a better pass rush. So you know, it kind of evens out. I think that it's just going to be – it's going to be rough for them to take like take a shot here because Philadelphia last year, like, they know how to beat Atlanta. It's make the game ugly. Philadelphia can win ugly. They can also win pretty. And the thing is, even without Wentz, they know how to win the game ugly. But they have wins. So I'm going to keep them upright. All right. Bulls at Philly. Kev, you got uh, weird stuff in sports for me? Or are we just going to go to last call? Um, I mean, we already talked about Sam Darnold in mono from apparently he's in middle school still. But um, Ohio State lost their trademark application for the <laughs> – the federal agents and the trademark office said it's unnecessary. Why are we do? Why are you trying to do this? You could also talk about how Bang Bros put a, put down a ten ten million dollar bid for the name rights to Miami Heat's arena. Did you hear what they want to call it? 
the Bang Bros Center. The BBC for short. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Gronk also said he had twenty concuss. He had twenty concussions. I don't want to say he's a liar, but I feel like that would kill somebody. But then again, Gronk isn't a normal human being. Yeah. Also, I mean, he didn't really have many brain cells to kill going into his into his NFL career. Could it do? Hey, that Arizona. Um. Also, LeBron lost his Taco Tuesday bid. Yes. Oh, this is just a whole. We're just both doing weird shit in sports today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you see? Like, did you see why he lost that one? I didn't see why he lost that one. It's a commonplace phrase. So the trademark office basically laughed at him and said, "No, you can't just trademark this." Uh, I love that shit. And last weird shit in sports. Russell Westbrook heard his his 2K rating from Jimmy Fallon, and he said, to me, this don't mean shit. <laughs> oh, I love Russell Westbrook. I do, too. Mark's Mark hatred of Westbrook literally is what drives me to hate, <laughs> drives me to piss Mark off on a daily basis. Um, uh, I think we should do a last call quick. Uh, this is going to be a <laughs> short one. All right, so kick that smooth jazz. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a few shout-outs on this last call today. First off, to our man behind the scenes, my former co-host, Mr. Mark Riley, for helping us out with social media, producing our snippets, helping us on Instagram, and Twitter, etc., etc. Our newest co-host, Miss Savannah Dean, she's not here tonight, unfortunately, but she'll be here Monday for, you know, stepping up and joining and being a very valuable member of the crew. We are actually working right now on getting her her own segment here as Kevin has his weird shit in sports. I have my last call. She had, she will we'll figure out something for her as well. So, you know, thanks shout out to Savannah for joining our crew and not being completely annoyed by me and Kevin's existence. Um, and last shout out goes to Tony Fiorentino um, for coming on and doing our first ever Sunday special to the long form conversations we do. It's up on podcast, iTunes. It's uh, between episode 53 and 54. So I wanted the two, but anyway, it was a great show. Tony was a great um, interview. He told me some crazy, some great stories about uh, how really Eric Spolster is the reason LeBron has a post-up game, or boss shot threes, or how basically Pat Riley was like wingy guys who are six six athletic wings, big men back to the basket is a dying breed. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is all the stuff like I geek out about hearing. So. It was a great interview. Check it out. iTunes, Spotify, tune in. You know the drill. And also, quick shout out to our editor-in-chief, Miss Penny Guevara. She's the one who hooked, it, hooked me up with that interview. She was great getting me that thing, getting me that interview, and uh, hopefully we have more to come. So that about wraps it up. Uh, pretty short episode today. Uh, Thursday Night Football is going to kick off in about an hour. So check that out, Panthers Bucks. This show will be up probably in about 45 minutes to an hour or so. Me and Kevin have our men draft, so that's going to take up our our evenings. But uh, I'm Jared. That's Kev. We out. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.